This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd with His Excellency Archbishop Alexander Sample. Today we'll reflect upon our life in the Holy Spirit. We come to a close of the Easter season, but we continue to walk with many ways in which to take the Holy Spirit with us, Archbishop. And um, you've encouraged us in many ways to be open to Mm -hmm. the guidance of the Holy Spirit in Western Oregon. So as we talk a little bit about that and how we can continue to be open to the Spirit's guidance, would you lead us in prayer? I'd be happy to. uh, Lead us in a traditional prayer to the Holy Spirit. This is kind of the the traditional Holy Spirit prayer in the Church. So in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful. Enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who does instruct the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant that by the gifts of that same Spirit we may be always truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. O Mary, conceive without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We talked a little bit last week about the resurrection and as we approach Memorial Day, but we have Ascension that leads us into Pentecost, and then we've got these interesting solemnities that fall right after. It's not part of Easter. No, we're outside the Easter season. It took me a few years years to figure this out, but Holy Trinity and Corpus Christi, Christi, which is celebrated beautifully here in the Archdiocese, but... Ascension, what do we learn from Christ as he ascends into heaven? And then we have that beautiful first novena in the church. Right, uh, the novena getting ready for, for the outcoming of the Holy Spirit. Well, real quickly, because uh, I think we want to probably you know, talk a lot about the Holy Spirit uh, in Pentecost, but Jesus needs to go uh, mm-hmm. in order to send us the Holy Spirit. And he tells the apostles this. And of course, they're they're confused. It is better for you, he says, that I go, because unless I go, I cannot send you the Spirit. It's like the next piece in God's plan. Uh, You know, he's prepared for the time of Christ all through the Old Testament. Then we have the Christ event, if you will, the life of Christ, and then our redemption in Christ through the passion, death, and resurrection. But he says, okay, now the next phase is coming, and that's the age of the church. The, the people of the new covenant that we live in now, even 2,000 years later. But in order for us to live the life of the church, we need the gift of the Holy Spirit to guide us. And so that, you know, in, in a sense, Christ can be even more present uh, throughout the world uh, by sending the Holy Spirit and being physically, if you will, absent, uh, you know, from the way he was known to the apostles. So he ascends. He goes back to the Father, but he tells him, wait here, stay in Jerusalem. Yeah. 
because I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And he's promised, he's talked about the Spirit n- numerous times uh, previous to this. But he, he, he gives, you know, it's, it's like he gives them before he ascends the Great Commission. The Great Commission. This is the, this is the mission that he entrusts to the apostles. It's the mission he entrusts to the church. He says, all authority has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, reminding them you know, of everything that I taught you, and know that I am with you. I am with you to the end of the age. And then, as he blesses them, he ascends to heaven and, and is taken from their sight. And uh, the angels come there and talk to him. They're sort of kind of like, <laughs> you get this image, at least the way <laughs> it's doing? described. Uh, they're looking up and you kind of ha- maybe have the jaw-dropping look, look, staring up in the sky. And the two angels come and say, you know, why are you, why are you staring up into heaven? This Jesus, whom you have seen ascend, will come back in the same way. You know, so it's a prediction of the second coming. But in the meantime, now we live the age of the church. And... Uh, this is begins in the, in the Acts of the Apostles. We hear all in the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was talking to a young person the other day in his 20s, and uh, he's really getting into his faith. He's really getting into Bible study and et cetera. And he said, he said to me, he says, yeah, he says, I've never really read much of the Acts of the Apostles. I really haven't been into the Acts. I said to him, man, you've got to read the Acts of the Apostles. Mm-hmm. That's critical that you read the Acts of the Apostles because it's the early church. It's how... The church got started. It's what the life of the early church was like. This was the, we're still in the age of the church, and you know we are living this time in the Holy Spirit, and that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. Jesus told them to wait. I'm going back to the Father, but we'll send the Holy Spirit to lead you, to guide you into all truth, and to be with you to the end of the age. And so that's what happens on the day of Pentecost. The yeah. the promised gift of the Spirit is sent on the church. And the Blessed Mother is there. She's there with By the tradition, apostles. she is there. We it's, hear it's, that. Yes, in, in the, in, in, in the, it's funny because it doesn't explicitly say uh, on the day of Pentecost that, that right. she was there, but by our tradition, she was there. It just says they were gathered. Mm-hmm. Who is they? Well, the reason we surmise that our Blessed Mother was there because there is an earlier reference to them gathering in the upper room before the day of Pentecost, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, is with them. So later on the day of Pentecost, when it says they were all together in one place, you know, and then the great sound of wind and, mm-hmm. and all of that, it's surmised that, that, that that's the same they, right. <laughs> you know, and that Mary was there. Mary, the mother of the church, Mater Ecclesiae, the mother of the body of Christ, right? She should be there at Pentecost. She received... Uh, the incarnate Son of God by the power of the Holy Spirit overshadowing her. And as the body of Christ, the mystical body of Christ now comes to life in birth, uh, we call it the birthday of the church, that the mother of the church, the mother of the mystical Mm -hmm. body of Christ should be there also to witness and be a part of the Holy Spirit coming on the church. In fact, uh, any of you who are familiar with uh, the, the great artist El Greco, I love El Greco's painting of, of the day of Pentecost. It's in his style. It's in that very, I don't know I don't know what the proper style to describe it. I'm not an art historian, but it's a very unique style that a Greco has, these elongated figures he uses. But it's a beautiful painting of, of the tongues of fire coming upon them in the upper room. And Mary is right at the center of the picture uh, as, as, the, as the mother of, of Jesus, the mother of Christ, the mother of God, the mother of the church. Mm-hmm. 
And we read about in Scripture the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We have then fruits that come from our cooperation with those gifts. We see that, boy, at the beginning of the church— the apostles were on fire. They had courage. They mm-hmm. they they were going to stand firm. They were going to with with withstand persecutions in the name of Jesus. They would continue to go forward, and so today here we are with the same Holy Spirit. It Absolutely. hasn't changed. No, you know, and that that's really something important to remember that that the same Holy Spirit that came upon the apostles at Pentecost is with us today. Yeah, and and you know you're right. The Holy Spirit is what gave those apostles the courage, mm-hmm. the strength, the the zeal, the fervor to go out and proclaim the gospel, the resurrection of Jesus. That's what they proclaim. That's what Peter proclaims on the day of Pentecost. He re- rehearses what has happened to the Christ. But God has raised him up, and he has become the source of eternal life for all who will believe in him. But you think about it. The apostles had seen the death of Jesus. They were overjoyed to see him alive again and, and, and risen, and they were strengthened again by his presence. But then he's gone again. Mm-hmm. He has ascended to the Father. He's gone. He's no longer with them. He's given them this, this commission to go and make disciples. He's talked about the Spirit, this advocate, this, this consoler that he's going to send, but they don't get that. They don't understand that yet. And so they're fearful again. They're huddled in the upper room again. And it's like one minute they're afraid to whisper the name of Jesus too loudly because of fear of what might happen to them. Are they going to do to us what they did to him? And then a moment later, after the Holy Spirit comes, they can't contain proclaiming Jesus. And they go out into the streets. They go out into the world to proclaim Christ at at great cost to themselves, ultimately their death. That spirit that filled the upper room on the day of Pentecost— and appeared as tongues of fire, and set these uh, disciples and the apostles on fire, that same spirit is with the church today. Mm -hmm. It hasn't changed. We are the same church uh, that was there in the upper room, born in the upper room. We're the same church, exactly the same church, with exactly the same Holy Spirit. And I think part of our our handicap today is we, we are not allowing the Holy Spirit in our own individual lives, first, to really be unleashed, the power of the Spirit to be unleashed. You know, we used to hear this a lot in confirmation homilies. Okay, we're, we're in the confirmation season. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, that don't, you know, don't receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit and then put them on a shelf. The gifts are given. Absolutely, they're given. The Holy Spirit is given to us in baptism. The gifts of the Spirit are given in baptism. And there's an even greater outpouring of the gift of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit in confirmation, uh, they're given. The gifts are given. The Holy Spirit is given. Irrefutably, no matter how disposed or indisposed we are, the Holy Spirit is given. But it takes our cooperation, our openness to the Holy Spirit, our allowing the Holy Spirit to, to, to be unleashed in our life, if you will, to listen to the Holy Spirit, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, to surrender to the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and, and I don't think enough as of, enough of us are doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think even in the church overall, I think we've, we've, we've kind of lost some of our, our confidence. Uh, and we need the strengthening of the Holy Spirit to, to give us that confidence to, to boldly proclaim Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, the apostles gave their lives for this. 
They gave their life for it. They were martyred. Their blood was shed witnessing to the resurrection. But they were able and willing to do that because the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit was at work in their lives because they, they were open and received the gift and then, then, then used the gift of the Holy Spirit to, to, to do the work that Jesus had given them to do. And that's what Jesus knew that they would need. Would, they would need the Holy Spirit to guide them, to lead them, to strengthen them, uh, and to, to lead them into all truth. Mm-hmm. Well, that same Spirit is with us today, folks. We just have to learn better how, how to unleash the power of the Spirit in our own lives. And, you know, you might be sitting, well, uh, that sounds all great, Archbishop, but how do I do that? Well, it begins with prayer. Mm-hmm. It begins with prayer. Every morning, I begin my day every single morning in prayer in my chapel before the Blessed Sacrament and at the, at the, at the end of my vocal part of my prayer, before I go into meditation time, the end of my vocal prayers is an invocation of the Holy Spirit, an invocation of the Holy Spirit to fill my time of prayer right now, but to be with me throughout the whole day to lead me, to guide me, strengthen me, to just, I entrust the day to the Holy Spirit to guide me. Are we doing that? Mm-hmm. And then are we paying attention? And this is key. Yeah. And I'm, I have to confess, I'm, on June 1st, I'll be 33 years a priest, and I'm already over 17 years a bishop. I can tell you it's only been in the last maybe three years that I really feel like I'm listening to the Holy Spirit and, and noticing where the Spirit is speaking and working in my life um, and in the life of this local church. So we need to also, we need to pray for the gift of the Holy Spirit, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit be unleashed in our life, to pray for an activation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our life, uh, but then also to pay attention, mm-hmm. look around, watch, notice how the Holy Spirit works and, and in unexpected ways, bringing people into our life bringing circumstances into our life, opening doors for us. Sometimes we might in the past just thought, well, those are just all weird coincidences. Uh Uh-uh. This is the Holy Spirit. We got to pay attention. Pay attention is so important. Noticing to to withstand those distractions that are going to come your way. They're trying to distract you from noticing God's work in our lives. And you know, I want to see if we can connect some dots because you've been so focused on the charisma and then that final piece of response. How do we respond to the Holy Spirit? How is that related to my relationship with Christ, my daily connection with Jesus, that I maintain a relationship, an intimate, loving relationship with Jesus, and also those be aware of the Holy Spirit working? They seem to work. They should work hand in hand. Well... <laughs> yes. Hope. <laughs> well, I hope so too, because uh, 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 Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, and the Holy Spirit shame, share the same uh, divine substance with the Father. You know, the Father is God. Jesus is God. The Holy Spirit is God. They share in the one divine substance, three persons in one God. So everything that Jesus wants for us, he 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 accomplishes in us really through the action of the Holy Spirit. You know, in, in so many ways, it's, it's, it's the Holy Spirit that unites us, that unites us with Jesus, that unites us, that draws us into the life of the Trinity. You might think of it this way, and this is, you know, some pretty maybe high-level uh, Trinitarian theology of the, of the whole, most Holy Trinity, because we can't really capture in the mystery of the Trinity. But, uh, and I'll try to make this, you know, as, as, as simple as I can. But 
within the life of the Holy Trinity, the Father and the Son are in an eternal love relationship with each other. You know, we say that in the Creed, that, that, that he is eternally begotten uh, of the Father. God from God, light from light, true God from true God. So from all eternity, the Father is eternally begetting the Son. And from all eternity, the Son is eternally begotten of the Father. And that's not something that started. You know, it's not like one day the Father woke up and said, I think I'll generate a Son. No, from all eternity, this generation of the Son uh, has been going on, this being begotten. But their love... The love between the Father and the Son is so intense, so real, that it's poured out in a third person who is the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit really, in a sense, is the bond of love between the Father and the Son, but as a person, uh, in addition to the Father and the Son. It's, it's mirrored in family life. Look of it as the love of a husband and a wife coming together, and their love produces a third person, a child. Well, this is kind of what goes on in the Trinity. The Father begetting the Son, the Son being begotten of the Father from all eternity. Their love produces the third person of the Trinity, which is the Holy Spirit, which then is poured out on us. And as the Holy Spirit poured out on us, that draws us into the life of the Trinity. Um, so the the Holy Spirit is is extremely important. And I I, I really, honestly, I regret. I, and I've always, you know, of course, I've always believed in the Holy Spirit. I've always prayed to the Holy Spirit. But I haven't paid as much attention mm-hmm. to the Holy Spirit in my life as I should have, and I regret that tremendously now. It's easy to relate to Jesus, right? Because Jesus took flesh. He was a man. Mm -hmm. He walked this earth. He was true God and true man walking this earth. He's tangible. If he were here, I could reach out and touch him, right? Right. We have the image of the Father, okay? God, Jesus reveals to us the Father. And he says to Philip, Father, you know, Philip, have you been with you this long? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. So Jesus reveals the Father. And we can relate to Father because Father is a person, right? Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. How does it, how, how do I relate to the person of the Holy Spirit? You know, I mean, we get the images, right? Of fire, we get the images of the dove. Well, how can I relate to a dove, right? You know, if that's my image of the Holy Spirit. But think of the Holy Spirit as person, as a real person. That, that brings us the, the life of God, that guides us and leads us. So to pray to the Holy Spirit and, and to see the Holy Spirit as a person without having to worry about images, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I, I, yeah, I, sure, when I pray to Jesus, I have an image of Jesus. Unfortunately, it's... Right. Sometimes my latest image of Jesus is whatever the latest the mo- movie movie depiction right. I, I, I've seen of Jesus. So for a long time, it was Jim Caviezel, yeah. you know, from Passion of the Christ. Now it's Jonathan Rumi yes. from The Chosen is my image of Jesus. But uh, but you know, he was he, who knows? You know, he might have been very much like one of those right. uh, figures. But but you know, and the Father. Uh, you know, obviously we can we can have images of the Father. But you know, don't worry about an image of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about having. Well, how do I represent? him in my imagination. You don't have to represent him in any particular physical way in your imagination, but just to realize it's a person who's relating to you and who's bringing you life, who's strengthening you, who's uniting you to uh, the Father and the Son, and uniting you to your brothers and sisters in the church. The Holy Spirit, uh, the way I kind of try to like to think of it myself in terms of the, the, the church and the Holy Spirit in the church poured out on the day of Pentecost is... You know, we were talking last program about the body and the soul, right? That the body informs the soul, or the, for, the, the soul informs the body, gives life to the body. Well, this is what I kind of like to see the church. The church is a re- physical, earthly, temporal reality, 
a visible church, right? Member made up of human beings, persons uh, in various uh, places and orders within the church, vocations. But it's the Holy Spirit poured out on that, the, the body of believers that gives life to the church and unites the church. The, the Holy Spirit is like the glue, if you will, that holds us together in communion with one another. In, 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 a, in a mystical way in the, in the body of the church. So not only do each of us possess the gift of the Holy Spirit in our own life to guide us and lead us and strengthen us and, and, and point the way um, and to enlighten us, you know, think of the gifts of the Holy Spirit where, again, we're in confirmation season. Now I'm mm-hmm. praying that prayer mm-hmm. over these young people, praying that all these gifts of the Spirit yeah. be given them. Those gifts are given to us. So there is an individual reception of the Holy Spirit, but each of us, uh, living a life in the Holy Spirit with a spirit dwelling in us then unites us to one another. It's the same spirit. Uh, as we're sitting here in studio, uh, Dina Marie, the Holy Spirit that's dwelling in my soul is the same Holy Spirit that's dwelling in your soul. They're not two different people. And that spirit is uniting us, but it unites us to all of our brothers and sisters throughout the world uh, and even in, in, the, in, the, in the church beyond, you know, in, in, the, in the church, uh, uh, in the communion of saints. So, yes, the Holy Spirit is, 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 a, is a great way that unites us to Jesus and unites us to one another that brings us uh, the life of God. I don't know. I just, I just regret uh, not paying as much attention to the Holy Spirit and for much of my life, I'm yeah. sad to say. Well, and I think it's how do we sharpen our senses to whether, and, and I get it particularly when I'm reading scripture, because it could be something, some, I pause. What, what about that? What am, I, what am I getting from a prayer, from reading sacred scripture, or people in ministry, you're working with people, and something causes you to pause to think, to say something, to listen, to ask. Those are those promptings, I believe, to let the Spirit work through that prayer, that scripture, I'm, I'm working in ministry. Right. You know, I mean, I, that's exactly right. And, and, and that's what I'm beginning to, to learn to pay more attention yeah. to. I, let me give you a very simple example. I was in prayer one day, and I won't say who. Somebody came into my mind. And I, out of the blue, I wasn't, there was nothing in my thought process that led me to think about this person. But all of a sudden, this person was in my mind and on my heart. And I started thinking about that person. And I knew this person was, was going through, you know, some, some uh, challenges. And I don't know, I just felt inspired at the moment to reach out to them. Now, I, I don't want people to think that I'm sitting in, in the chapel with my cell phone right. doing <laughs> stuff on my cell phone. But I, I have a particular thing that I do with my calendar and praying for events on my calendar that I, that I do in prayer. So I, I do have my phone there. And I just reached out and, and texted this person. And just said, I just felt moved right now to reach out to you in prayer and to let you know that I'm here right now before the Blessed Sacrament. I'm praying for you. I hope all is well, right? At the, within minutes, mm-hmm. within minutes, another priest thought of the same person and reached out in the same way by texting this person. Only later to find out that both of us texting this person within minutes came at a time when this person desperately needed that kind of outreach and support for what they were going through and confirmed that. Now, come on. Yeah. That is, not, that is not it's a coincidence. I, you know, and, and I'm sorry, uh, folks who don't believe in God and don't, don't, yeah. don't see how things like this are just, uh, you know, that's not, a, that's not a coincidence. That's the Holy Spirit yeah. inspiring in the hearts of two priests 
to reach out to somebody who needs yeah. that outreach right now. Uh, and this, this, this happens constantly mm-hmm. for me as I'm just, again, trying to pay more attention and not writing things off as, oh, those are just my ideas mm-hmm. or those are just my thoughts. No, in, especially in prayer. You know, as you were saying, Dina mm-hmm. Marie, you're reading scripture, a word jumps out to you, a phrase jumps out at you, it makes you think about something, pray about something. Uh, the, the, this, is, this is how the Holy Spirit works. Folks, pay attention. Yeah. The Spirit is there. The Spirit is alive. The Spirit is, 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 is a life force in, in, in our lives if, if we'll let him be. Yeah. And I think that paying attention, at least for me in my life, it's because I'm, I've been shedding distractions, media, technology, social media, you know, to try to calm down my schedule so that I can be more attentive, receptive, because if we fill our, our day with busyness, we're going to miss those opportunities. Yeah, again, part of my confirmation homily this year actually to our young people is, you know, have real relationships. If you want to, you know, I, I talk about prayer. You know, if you, you know, everybody, or well, I shouldn't say everybody, but, you know, most of these confirmation students, they want a closer relationship with God. And they'll often say that in their letters when they do write. I want to be confirmed because I want to be closer to God. Mm. Well, that's great. Yeah. That's music to my ears. Yeah. But then I tell them, but if that's what you want, guess what? That's going to take some effort on your mm-hmm. part. And you're going to have to spend time with God. You're going to have to pray. And you're going to have to shut the dang phone off mm-hmm. and set it aside. Get off of the computer. Get away from television. Be quiet. Be still. Talk to God. Uh, and that's it's, it's in prayer that the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. And it isn't always just memorized prayers. I mean, I love devotional prayers. I love memorized prayers. I've got my little, I, I, I tell you, I go through my little litany every mm-hmm. morning. It's, it's, some of it is, you know, formal prayers that have been written by others, but a lot of it is just my own little dialogue. It's my own little lengthy beginning of the day prayer that I say that I've kind of put together myself just over the years of praying. Uh, but once I get past that, then I just want to, I just want to talk heart to heart with God. What's going on in my life? What, what happened yesterday? And I commend those things to the Lord. And I look at the day ahead and I say, what's coming up today, Lord? Oh, help me with this. Already send the Holy Spirit already to stir in that person's heart that I'm going to have to talk to later today so that our conversation will will be good. You know, so those are are the things that that we need to do. Yeah. Well, let's continue to pray for life in the Holy Spirit, particularly here in Western Oregon. Amen. We need it. (laughs) And with that, would you help us close with your prayer? And through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary... Immaculately conceived. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families and loved ones, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. Amen. And we want to thank you for joining us today on The Voice of the Shepherd. Encourage you to join us next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie. Until our next encounter, may God bless you. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through matradayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.